This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We're going to have a very special show today in that it's the uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up, and we'd like to honor our veterans. We were hoping to bring you part two of General Chuck Yeager, but we have an embarrassment of riches given that General Yeager gave us uh, an hour and a half of of airtime, so we're going to have to put off uh, that, I think, to uh, sometime in June and instead focus on another very generous veteran, military man, Lieutenant Commander Ted Robinson, who talked about his World War II rescue of fellow PT boat commander John F. Kennedy a few weeks back. We're going to talk to Ted in segments two and three today about another mission in which he was tasked with trying to rescue embattled Marines on Okinawa. Believe me, you're not going to want to miss that. Stay tuned. Let's begin the program as we like to do with on this date in history. Our date in question is May 27th, and it was on the 27th of May in 1703 that Tsar Peter I founded the city of St. Petersburg as the new Russian capital. Peter the Great's sweeping military, political, economic, and cultural reforms made Russia a major European power. The story I love about Peter the Great was that he was about six foot seven, and at one point made a valiant effort to uh, move out amongst the masses and, and learn things like shipbuilding. But evidently stuck out like a sore thumb and everybody knew who he was. But you got to admire the guy for trying. On May 27, 1926, the citizens of Hannibal, Missouri, erected the first bronze statue of the literary characters for which the town was famous, including Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer. Personally, I don't care what anybody says. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is the great American novel. And if you're one of these folks who think it ought to be censored because of the language it uses, well, you're a damn fool. And by the way, it should be emphasized that the opinions heard on this program do not necessarily represent the views of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regents of the University of California. But sadly, that doesn't change the fact that you're still a damn fool if you think that. Lastly, my favorite thing from this date It was on May 27th in 1937 that the Golden Gate Bridge opened. On opening day, 200,000 bridge walkers marveling at the 4,200-foot-long suspension bridge which spans the Golden Gate Strait, of course, between San Francisco and Marin County. And although New York City's Verrazano Narrows Bridge is now the world's longest suspension bridge, we believe that the Golden Gate remains the world's coolest bridge. I do remember driving across it as a small boy when the fare was 25 cents, having my grandfather remark that, yeah, they told us that once it was paid for, it would be free. But these days, not only do you still have to pay a quarter, you still have to pay five bucks. And yeah, I think it's been paid for a long time now. Our quote of the day comes from Henry Ward Beecher, who once said, one's best success comes after their greatest disappointments. Our quote of the day comes from Tennessee Williams, who once said, Trying to define yourself is like trying to bite your own teeth. For our joke of the day, we're going to recycle one we did some years back from the immortal Buddy Hackett. We said, you know, when I was in the military, I, I worked in the vehicle pool. And I get a call. The guy asks, what vehicles do we have available? 
And I said, we got two personnel carriers, we got three Jeeps, and we got fat-ass Johnson staff car. Because, you know, we had this colonel, and, you know, we all called him fat-ass. Not, not to his face, but that was, that's what we called him. But there's silence on the line. And guy goes, soldier, do you know who you're talking to? And I said, no. He said, this is Colonel Johnson. And I go, oh, well, Colonel, do you know who you're talking to? And he said, no. I said, oh, well, then so long, fat ass. And by the way, we cannot verify the veracity of Buddy Hackett's story. Our stat of the day is as follows. Over the course of a lifetime, the the average American stands a 1 in 5,552 chance of dying in a plane crash. That's including small private planes. But your lifetime odds of dying in a car wreck? 1 in 247. Which, frankly, is something to keep in mind if you're afraid of flying. It is, all things considered, a safe activity. Though it is quite unforgiving of carelessness. All right, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to the Week magazine, it was a good week last week for someone in Dayton, Ohio. After a drive through worker at a Taco Bell in that city accidentally handed a customer a bag containing $2,000, which was the restaurant's morning bank deposit instead of his tacos. The customer has yet to be tracked down. It was conversely a bad week for honesty after researchers at Toronto University found that the earlier a child starts telling convincing lies, the more child he or she is to be a success later in life. Said researcher Dr. Kang Lee, those who have better cognitive development lie better because they can cover up their tracks. Of course, we have a feeling that in this case, sex, success means they later became politicians. And finally, it was an ugly week last week for confidence when it was revealed that LifeLock CEO Todd Davis, the guy who listed his actual Social Security number on TV and Internet ads to prove that his company could reliably prevent Internet theft, well, his identity has been stolen at least 13 times. It was reported with thieves running up thousands of dollars in fraudulent charges and loans. And from the email department, uh, we want to thank Jim for his contribution about uh, Governor Rick Perry. Jim wrote, I know how much you like Governor Perry. So he sent this Dateline Austin, Texas from the Associated Press. Texas Governor Rick Perry's showdown on the jogging trail with a coyote has spurred a gunmaker to sell a coyote special edition of the weapon used to take down the varmint. Perry himself has one of the pistols. And it gets better. The governor shot the coyote that he said was threatening his daughter's puppy with a Ruger 38 caliber pistol. Manufacturer Sturm, Ruger & Company, Inc. has now come out with a version emblazoned with Coyote Special and a true Texan on the sides. Actually, Jim and I go way back, and he did live in Austin at one point, the capital of the Lone Star State, where I visited him many years ago. I remember him telling me incredulously at the time that, you know, you can buy belt buckles down here shaped like the state of Texas. 
I did a commentary on, on the state of Texas some years back for Capital Public Radio. We're going to have to dust that off, Mr. McMillan. You know, from the goofball file, we have the item from a few days ago wherein Sarah Palin, who I believe was once the mayor of Wasilla, Alaska, and has a year of college under her belt to boot, who said a few days ago in the wake of the massive oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico that clearly Barack Obama was too close to the oil companies. <laughs> Speaking of BP, you may have seen the size of this oil slick overlaid on a map of the United States or Europe. I don't know, I wasn't able to find a graphic on it, but on the Weather Channel uh, yesterday morning, it looked as though it would cover the entire state of Maryland. Since they're saying a lot of it's still under the surface, uh, <laughs> this is bad. Curious article by Marissa Taylor, Renee Schuf, and Erica Bolstad from the McClatchy newspapers a few, few days back noted that the uncertainty of the sp size of the spill is helping British Petroleum, who apparently is still sticking to their story that it's gushing 5,000 barrels a day. And I guess as we speak, the Obama administration still hasn't, uh, hasn't challenged that, but one expert testified before Congress and estimated the well was spewing 95,000 barrels of oil a day. Curiously, BP and the administration say they don't want to take the measurements for fear of interfering with the efforts to stop the leaks. But note of the authors of the article that that decision, however, is counter to BP's own regional plan for dealing with offshore leaks, which says in the event of a significant release of oil, an accurate estimation of the spill's total volume is essential in providing preliminary data to plan and initiate cleanup operations. But legal experts have pointed out that not having a credible official estimate of the leak size provides a benefit for BP. The amount of oil spilled is certain to be key evidence in the court battles that are likely to result from the disaster. We will continue to follow this story because it's not going to go away anytime soon. We're also going to address the fact that people are, certain people are referring to it as Obama's Katrina. And gosh, we know he is awfully close to the oil industry. Maybe not quite as close as the last administration, whereas one of the companies involved, Halliburton, was headed by the vice president. And my question is, how often do we drill for oil a mile down? I mean, they are 5,000 feet down with this thing. When stuff breaks 5,000 feet down, you can't exactly send Jacques Cousteau down to fix it. But again, that's a story for another day. We've got a couple of minutes left here in our first segment. I think we need to go to up-and-coming comedian Michael O'Connell, who has a few things to say about a benefit that's going on tonight, which uh, we need to tell you about. So I'd like to say welcome to Radio Parallax, Michael O'Connell. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Well, Michael, you've been getting a lot of uh, ink lately for some of your, uh, your work in stand-up comedy. And uh, you were on Insight. Our friends over at Insight had you on on Tuesday of this week talking about this and the, and the comedy fundraiser for uh, muscular dystrophy tonight, 7 p.m. tonight at Tommy T's. So, uh, yeah, what's the deal? Well, basically, I, I talked to them over at Insight and got the news on the show. It's an MDA fundraiser. Uh, all ticket sales go to the, to the MDA, 100% of that. Uh, so when I talked to them on Insight, that was the basic information. But right after I got out the door, after talking with them, I got a phone call to find out that Bobby Slayton has uh, agreed to show up and is going to do the benefit with me on there. 
So it's going to be a bigger show than we thought. Outstanding. Bobby Slayton, of course, a big name in comedy. I, 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 can, I can tell you, Michael, I was privileged to take him out to dinner many years ago and told him that I stole his Chinese restaurant bit and used it all over the world, got big laughs, so I, I, owed, I certainly owed him the dinner. <laughs> That's all fair, sure. So, yeah, very exciting. And, uh, and with hopefully with Bobby and there, we're hoping to really uh, fill the place up and then try to get a sell out here to raise as much as we can for the MDA. Going to be funny, going to be really exciting. And and uh, I just discovered that uh, our aviation correspondent for Radio Parallax, uh, Vlado Zaravica, is also dabbling in some stand-up comedy with you. And you guys, I guess, have been pals for a long, long time. We have been. I've got loads of dirt on him. So we ought to have a whole uh, Vladimir uh, dirt segment. I'll be happy to come on. Well, we're, looking, we're looking forward to that. But uh, how many? Uh, who else is on the show tonight? It's you and, it, and it's Slayton. And you got some anybody else we need to hear about? We got one more guy in force. I don't know who that is, but uh, Slayton's bringing him. So uh, that that can't be a bad thing. So uh, I don't have the name yet. I'm sure it'll be good. But uh, I'll find out when I get there. <laughs> well, Michael, we should note that uh, that uh, that uh, you you've had muscular dystrophy your your entire life, and you do use a wheelchair. And this is something that you've uh, fortunately been able to, uh, to 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 use to good comedy effect. I have been. I've been making the term stand-up comedy very ironic since I got into the business. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I do a lot, and that's why this is such a great thing for me, is to actually be able to give something back to the MDA after all they've given to me, which is great. But, uh, yeah, I do a lot, of, a lot of wheelchair comedy, just the ridiculousness of the stuff that happens to us and dealing with people and just kind of educating people about the, the stuff that wheelchair folks go through that they might not know about, which is, well, for better or worse, really, really funny, but at least to me. Well, yeah, and, and, and when you come back, uh, Michael, let's talk a little bit about muscular dystrophy. I think that'd be quite educational for our listeners to kind of inform them a, a little bit about, about the condition. I'd be more than happy to. I had lots of experience, so I'm, I'm your guy. <laughs> and we should note, too, that uh, some friends of mine went to go see you and Vlado. I guess you were playing together, and they said uh, Vlado wasn't bad and you were real good, so you can, get, you can rib him for that one. <laughs> and they're his friends. They liked you better. I'll hold that over. <laughs> okay. Michael O'Connell, comedian. He'll be back on the show in the future, but we want to again emphasize that he'll be performing tonight along with Bobby Slayton at Tommy T's Comedy and Dinner Theater, which is located at 12401 Folsom Boulevard in Rancho Cordova. For more information, you can call 916-357-5233. Michael, it's been a pleasure. As has been for me as well. Thanks a lot. We are out of time for this segment, so let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to speak with Ted Robinson. That's Lieutenant Commander Ted Robinson, who talked to us previously about his book, Water in My Veins, The Popper Who Helped Save a President. Ted told us the remarkable tale of his participating in the rescue of John F. Kennedy after his PT boat was sunk. But he has another tale from World War II that's even more remarkable. And he will tell us that story in the segment to follow. Don't go away. <laughs> 